Gangsta Boo. Now, Gangsta Boo came up in the uh, early 90s under the rap group 3-6 Mafia. She is known for her choppy, fast flow and just known for holding her own amongst other male counterparts. I think Gangsta Boo, honestly, is underrated. King known uncensored. Oh boy, with the new episode, y'all. Rest in peace, Gangsta Boo. Oh man. Before we get to Gangsta Boo's passing, um, I want to send a special prayer to uh my man on the bills. Oh man. Wow, I am still hella speechless at what transpired in that game. Oh, man. I know I don't usually talk NFL on this show, but that was just a crazy scene in that Buffalo Bills-Bengals game. Um, The player in question, his name is Damar Hamlin. Um... He had went for a hit, and he came down on his head. And, um, yeah. Unbelievable. You know, recent news that I got on DeMar Hamlin is that he's in critical condition. His vitals are back to normal, but they had put him to sleep. So yeah, it was a it was a tackle that he made and he landed on his head and 
they had to resuscitate him. They had to give him CPR with his teammates on the field. And that was a tough thing to watch. just my prayers go out to DeMar Hamlin, his family, his teammates, his fans. Just wanted to get that out the way before we uh, get to Gangsta Boo. Um, Gangsta Boo, man. Um, she was one of the, uh, I guess, she was definitely one of the uh, first female rappers out there, you know, that did what she did, especially from the South. Because she joined 3-6 Mafia when she was only 15 years old. And their first album, Mystic Styles, came out in 1995. So she had been out before Lil' Kim. You know, before Lil' Kim, Foxy Brown, and those other rappers, you know, became commercially famous gangsta bull been outside for a very long time and i viewed her as underrated i mean she was uh present in three six mafia for five albums she was in the group for five albums before she decided to go solo in 1998 and drop her uh, debut studio album, Inquiring Minds. And then also, you know, shout out to LeChat as well. And, um, you know, Gangsta Boo, yesterday at around 4.30, was found dead on her porch. And according to reports with the recent updates, it's looking like she passed away from fentanyl, from a, from a fentanyl overdose. And we have lost so many of our rappers to fentanyl. Well, not so many, but we lost quite a few celebrities to fentanyl. Let me correct myself. Because we lost Boo, we lost Matt Miller, we lost Michael K. Williams. You know, those are three people that I can name offhand that passed from overdose of fentanyl. And you know, Two Chains gave his condolences. Daz Dillinger from the Dog Pound, you know, played one of her last messages the night before she passed. And from what I hear in the streets. Her brother, the night before, had OD as well on fentanyl. But, you know, fortunately, he ended up living because I guess they were partying together. And my man OD and almost died, but her brother ended up making it. And unfortunately, she did. It's just very sad because, you know, Gangsta Boo had suffered from 
drug use. You know, and 3-6 Mafia was like one of the first groups to openly talk about drug use on records. Not necessarily anything to brag about, but it's the truth. And 43 years old, that's way too young. And low-key, Gangsta Boo was still doing features, appearances. You know, she appeared on the classic verses against Bone Thugs. She made multiple appearances on records with Eminem, with Lotto, with Marilla, with um, Run the Jewels. And even rejoined 3-6 Mafia in a different form of the group called the Mafia 6. And unfortunately, this is the third 3-6 Mafia member to pass. Coops Danica, Lord Infamous, Gangsta Boo. So, I want to send a special rest in peace to Gangsta Boo. My thoughts and prayers are with her family, her husband, uh, Juicy J, Crunchy Black, DJ Paul, the chat, and pretty much the whole city of Memphis. All right. Now, Uncle Murder, East New York. Uncle Murder and his classic wrap-ups. Oh, boy, man. Ooh, Uncle Murder. I mean, Uncle Murder this year. I mean, I think I like last year's wrap-up way better than this one. No disrespect. But the 2022 wrap-up is a classic. But this year, Tony Ayo ended up doing the ad-libs on the wrap-up and appearing on the record. That was an interesting addition. But let's go down the line on what exactly he talked about because, you know, he had said that, um, you know, I mean, he mentioned Megan and Tori's case and how he was conflicted about the results. And how the um the case seemed inconsistent. But however, he wouldn't be surprised if Tory Lane shot Megan. But then he talked about Michael B. Jordan, talked about uh, Marcus Jordan and Larsa Pippen hooking up. He talked about Charleston White. He talked about Gunna, <laughs> Diddy, and Young Miami. And the crazy part about it is he added at the end Barbara Walters passing. And man, Uncle Murder definitely delivered with this. I definitely enjoyed it. And he just gets better and better and better with the rhymes every year. If you look back at when Uncle Murder started doing the wrap-ups, you know, back in the day, it used to be skills 
that did the wrap-ups. Now, Uncle Murder started doing it, and it became a little bit more popular, which caused a conflict, a, 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 a light conflict. But no man, no, nobody said that he couldn't do it, though. But unfortunately, somebody can do what you do better than you and make it more popular. That's just the world that we live in. But I definitely enjoy the uh, 2022 Uncle Murder wrap-up. Now let's move on to Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso is a trade target for the Golden State Warriors. Um, the Chicago Bulls, a lot of people are interested in um, their players. And, you know, despite them losing tonight, which we'll get to, you know what I'm saying? We'll get to that. Um, Chicago had, has won four out of five games. So maybe I guess they will thug out the rest of the season and see what's going on. Because um, the Dallas Mavericks still have interest in Zach Levine. But um, Alex Caruso would definitely add some defensive depth to their guards because it seems like Golden State, especially on the road, they get torched defensively. Jordan Poole is not a defensive player. Moses Moody isn't the defender that he was in college. Um, Stephen Curry's not a good defender. He's gotten better. Uh, Clay Thompson isn't the defensive stopper that he once was in his prime. So Alex Caruso would definitely help that team. Um, but Mavs still want Zach Levine. I don't think they'd be able to get him this year. Especially with Zach wanting to go to the Lakers. But I feel like that Chicago has a small glimmer of hope that they can keep this team together and then maybe that throughout the season, Chicago could improve. Robert Williams. Oh, my God. I was watching the Celtics and Nuggets game yesterday, and this man delayed the game for a cool 30 minutes. I mean, he threw down a dunk and knocked the screws off the rim. So it took them a good 30 minutes for the game and the rim situation to be fixed. That was crazy. Because I was wondering, like, what's going on with the rim? What exactly is happening here? And it turns out Robert Williams dunk fucked up the whole rim. Tyrese Maxey has returned to the Sixers lineup, and Philadelphia has already been hot. And they continue to be hot. I mean, Maxey looks like his old self to me. Man, the Brooklyn Nets, oh my god. I'm just looking at this shit. The Brooklyn Nets are on a 12-game win streak. I keep trying to tell y'all. I'm going to say it every show. Steve Trash was the problem. The inability 
to call plays, the the uh, the off the defensive effort. I feel like Jock Vaughn got through to this team in a way that Steve Nash could not. Yes, I do understand that the Nets experienced a lot of injuries, a lot of unfortunate injuries, but even when it was just Kyrie or it was just KD, they were still a good enough team to get through at least one round of the playoffs. Sycamore. Sources say that LeBron James will be traded from the Los Angeles Lakers next year, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, obviously, if they could trade him, they would trade him now. But unfortunately, he went, he will not be able to be traded until after the trade deadline. So, as far as I'm concerned... He won't be able to be traded until next season. And, of course, the whole league wants LeBron. I mean, he's LeBron. But the question is, will he go to a small market or a large market? I mean, he can't go back to Cleveland. I highly doubt that the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to gut their team to have this nigga come back. And, obviously, LeBron... does not want to be on the lottery team, and he is more focused on the scoring record, which is clear as day. I mean, this dude is on a tear. Busting 30 a night in his sleep. Um, Zion Williamson had a hamstring injury that eventually put him out of tonight's game against the Philadelphia 76ers. No word on how severe the injury is. Um, we'll, we should be getting a report at some point tomorrow on Zion Williamson's uh, status. You know, Williamson has suffered a whole lot of injuries. I mean, they've already been without Brandon Ingram, who is very, very close to a return. And Williamson, who I've had as an MVP candidate, you know, this could hurt his chances. Sham Sharania, I mean, Sham Sharania is the Arab version of Woj. Sham Sharania says that the Grizzlies will make, will definitely make a trade during the trade deadline. Now, I feel like the Grizzlies need a legit number two to go alongside John Morant. And I know the perfect person to be in that dynamic duo. And they would be able to keep Desmond Bain. I feel like, here's a trade, right? Here's a trade idea. I feel like the Grizzlies should trade Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and two first-round picks for Carl Anthony Towns. Now, Carl Anthony Towns has proven time and time again that he is not a number one option to build a championship team around. But however, he can complement somebody who's in their prime, who is a better leader, 
and maybe get to that championship apex. Now, Carl Anthony Towns isn't somebody that you depend on, but this is a guy that can still get you 20 and, and 9 a game. And he could be valuable to a Grizzlies team. I feel like Dylan Brooks is a shot jacker. I feel like he messes up a lot of the Grizzlies' leads in certain games. And I feel like Jaron Jackson Jr. is just way too inconsistent. And I feel like that they could help the Minnesota Timberwolves despite the, their flaws. And I think Jaron Jackson Jr. would be a lot more featured alongside Anthony Edwards. And also, Minnesota needs first-round picks. And Memphis Grizzlies have more than enough picks to pass around the league. They are knocking on the door of OKC level of picks. Which I'm surprised that nobody wants to do a deal with. Like, if I was Minnesota, after that Rudy Gobert shit, I would definitely be calling a team like OKC, like, what do you want? I need some picks, goddammit. What do you want to give up those picks for? And I truly do believe that if the Grizzlies were to make a trade, they should definitely go after Carl Anthony Towns. I think he'd be the perfect player. And then adding Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, and two picks to the Timberwolves, that could help soften the blow of trading five first-round picks and Walker Kessler, who has a lot of potential to be a decent center in today's game. Donovan Mitchell. Oh my God. 71 points. Yo. 71 points. Yo. Donovan is a man on the mission. Now, I didn't have him in my MVP candidates because he had slowed down a little bit. Now he has sped right the fuck back up. And with this latest Zion injury, he could be in the conversation after tonight. I mean, this man has 71 points, 8 rebounds, and 11 assists. This man almost had a 71-point triple-double. I think Devin Booker also scored 71 points, if I'm not mistaken. And he broke the broke the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers record of 57 by Kyrie. And then LeBron also had 57. Donovan Mitchell's career high is higher than LeBron's career high. And he did it in Cleveland. I just had to laugh at that. I mean, to play devil's advocate, the Chicago Bulls are the 21st ranked defense. The Bulls, I had said that, you know, and then he, and look who was checking him, Zach Levine. Shit. Mitchell could put up 100 on Levine. Levine is not great on defense. I'm not trying to downplay his performance. I love Donovan Mitchell. And I'm happy that he did that. But you already know what time it is. You know, this is the era of the scoring. A lot of players today 
have great scoring ability, but they also don't have physical defense to stifle that great scoring. And there isn't many perimeter defenders to slow down these guys. I mean, back in the day, man, you had Bruce Bowen. You know what I'm saying? You had Ruben Patterson. You had Gary Payton. You know? You had Eric Snow. You had Larry Hughes. You know what I'm saying? You had great perimeter defense in the 90s and the 2000s and the early 2010s. Now, you can't touch players. You can't foul players. You can't be physical with them. I mean, I understand this era has Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, but it's not too many of those guys out there. And even a Luka Doncic is torching a Paul George and a Kawhi Leonard right now. It's really no excuses that you can make for this great performance. I have to give, you got to give Donovan Mitchell his props. But however, this year, it's been a lot of high scoring games. We can count down the top 25 scoring performances here. And this is kind of alarming. It wasn't that many 60, 50 point games back then. Now, if you look at based on this season, we already said Donovan Mitchell had 70 points. You got to look at Luka Doncic, who had 60 points, 10 assists, and 21 rebounds. Joel Embiid, who had 59 points. Devin Booker, who had 58 points. Anthony Davis, who had 55 points. Joel Embiid, again, who who had 53 points. You know, you had LeBron last year with two back-to-back 50-point performances. You have Pascal Siakam scoring 52 points. You have Luka again scoring 51. You have Devin Booker 51. Darius Garland 51. Stephen Curry 50. Luka Doncic 50. Luka Doncic has dropped three 50-plus point games this year. That's alarming. I'm not saying that Luka isn't talented, but I'm saying today's defensive and perimeter defenders are not that good and they are not that talented. And a lot, and there are also no rim protectors in this era. The best, what they consider the best rim protector is Rudy Gobert and Miles Turner. No disrespect to Miles and Rudy, but back in the day, you had Shaq. Motherfucker, you had Patrick Ewing. You had Sean Bradley, even though he got dunked on a lot, he still was in the league leaders in blocks. Still was a threat. You had guys like Mark Eaton. You know what I'm saying? Andre Karolinko. I mean, you had Akeem Olajuwon. You know? You had guys that protected the rim. You had no fly zone back in the day. This is ridiculous. Let's keep going. Devin Booker, 49. Jason Tatum, 49. John Morant, 49. Joel Embiid again, 48. So Embiid has had a 59-point game, a 53-point game, and a 48-point game. 
this is what happens when you don't have elite big men in the game. You got guys like Jokic and Embiid going insane. Got these young niggas talking that dumb shit saying that they're better than Elijah Wong. That they're better than Shaq. They're better than Will. They're better than Kareem. More skilled than Kareem. More skilled than Tim Duncan. Only person I give a pass in this era about being skilled is Anthony Davis. But that's about all, though. I mean, Jokic is skilled, but not on the same level as the big men of the past. Let's keep going. Steph Curry, 47. LeBron James, 47. Darius Garland, again, 46. Darius Garland has scored 51 and 46 points. DeMar DeRozan, 46. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, I like DeRozan, but come on, man. Stop it. That nigga did not, has not, he doesn't, I bet you he only has one 50-point game his entire career. Kevin Durant, 45. I mean, that's Kevin Durant. He gets a pass. Sorry, but not sorry. KD is KD. Giannis, 45. I mean, Giannis is the most, him and Embiid are probably the most, the two most physical guys in this era. So I give Giannis a pass. Paul George, 45. I mean, it's Paul George. Giannis, 45. That's Giannis. Anthony Simons, 45. Anthony Simons can score. And Anthony Davis, 44. Like, these are 25 of the best performances. I bet you there's a lot of a lot more that I could get into, but I'm not going to do that. Not enough time for that. However, I believe that is my show for the night. I think I've talked about everything that I can possibly squeeze in. Thank you for checking me out. I appreciate your views and things of that nature. This is King Known Uncensored, RIP to Gangsta Boo, and I'm gone.